You're listening to School Crack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm your host, David Wolf, and I'm joined here by... Kieran and Alan. lads how are we i'm pretty good i've moved back into uh to playing a little bit of magic the gathering standard format for the first time in a long time as uh the wnpqs currently being hosted in gamers world are uh are standard so i've dipped my dipped my foot back in the standard water for a little bit oh excellent and uh has your performance been standard or has it been above standard and uh yeah i'd say above par better better than standard and standard yeah uh, Al, you were very kind enough to to loan me a deck the weekend so I could play a tournament, and I crushed the tournament. So that was sweet. All Game four nice. rounds of it. Oh, lovely! That's a good to get extra crush in there. That was um. So you're qualified for the MWMPQ PTQ, which is the, the PTQ thing. Um, yeah, so it, that is the WPNQ, whereas this was a qualifier for the WPNQ, I guess. Yeah, huge for the Q. Yep, so okay. that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so the way gamers are doing it is you can play multiple qualifiers, the same as the reroll ones, uh, and you get, if you top eight each, each one you top eight, you get a cryptic command, but you have to show up to the finals to get your cryptic commands to try and get people to play the finals, I think. That's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, I am excited to hear a bit more about that later. Uh, maybe you can give us a bit of a tournament report. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Cool. Um, all right, before we kick off, I'll do my uh, contractually obligated um mention of inkgaming.com so at inkgaming.com you can get custom play mats with uh, any image you want you can upload it uh, crop it whatever way you like and get it printed on a custom play mat you can get a nice stitched edging you can get your favorite magic card on there and if you want to get 10 percent off that order you can go to inkedgaming.com forward slash school crack or you can just follow the link in the show notes so that's inkedgaming.com forward slash skullcrack. Uh, stitched edging. Yeah, stitched edging. Woo. Uh, yeah, so what is stitched edging? Can tell me why I should get that. Are you serious? <laughs> I think I know what it is, but it's with the edge that a playmat is stitched. But what, what's that? What's that for? Um, it's, yeah, it's when the edge of the playmat, it doesn't just stop with like the cloth and the rubber at the edge. It's like it has stitching all the way around. So it's like an edge to the, to the playmat. And, uh, it's good because, you know, if you have and use your playmat for a long time, um, the edges always get, like, frayed and stuff. So having the stitched edging is really nice. Oh, excellent. I, I will certainly look into this and get my well-earned 10% off. Yeah, should do it. All right. Uh, then the other thing is, I, for, I actually forgot to do this because we were away at the GP, but we did have a competition for two codes for Arena. And they are for um, six packs. So it's it's the pre-release code. So I posted a tweet of the uh, of the show, whatever the, the newest show was. I think it was two weeks ago now or possibly even three weeks ago now. And uh, I said that everyone who retweeted it will be entered into competition for one of these codes. So I'll read out the winners now. Um, I'll read out your Twitter handles, I guess. Is that the best way to do that? Yeah, definitely. I'll read out there. Yeah, you... Yeah, you know who you are. Yeah, and uh, you can email skullcrackpodcast at gmail.com or uh, DM us on Twitter is also fine, and we will send you those. And remember that you can't actually redeem it if you've already redeemed one from the pre-release. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so the two people that I have randomly chosen 
are Suburban Dad Bod, which is that's at, a great name. Yeah, at Bod Suburban. So please email us. <laughs> and then how does that differ from an urban dad bod? Um, I guess an urban dad bod maybe you just can't can't uh, can't get it out as often. That's true. Yeah, in the suburbs, you you got your backyard pool and all that. Do your barbecues. Yeah. Um. So you can take full advantage of your dad bod. Um. And then the other person is Karina Jacobson, which is at Jacobson underscore Karina. C O. Well, I won't even. I won't spell it. <laughs> uh. So those two people. Uh. Congratulations. You have won six packs of Terras Beyond Death on Arena. And uh, you can DM us, as I said, on Twitter, or you can email schoolcartpodcast at gmail.com, and I will send out those codes. All right, and on with the show. So we had uh, another Players Tour, a regional Players Tour, this time Players Tour Americas. Uh, so we have results from that to discuss. We have a little tiny bit of, not controversy really, just the Twitter drama, Wizards drama, not very small on, on the scale of things. And then we'll have... Uh, tournament report from Kieran, and that'll be it for us uh so let's jump in to players tour phoenix shall we let's do it all right here we are phoenix let's go ahead yes uh so yeah so the after the last round of players tours in uh in brussels and nagoya i guess everyone was losing their minds about inverter um because it was like five of the top eight in nagoya and stuff like that, but uh, it hasn't really been borne out. And instead, we have a new boogeyman, which is Lotus Breach. Yeah, I mean, it's like we still had a. I mean, Inverter still won the tournament at Phoenix, to be fair. And there's still two copies in the top eight, and and it is you do see it uh yeah at the top tables here, looking at the results as well. But definitely, I believe I think people who kind of hadn't looked at Lotus Breach for you know, after Nagoya and stuff like that, everyone just jumped on Inverter, and now people have realized, oh, maybe this Lotus Breach thing kind of does well against Inverter and sort of uh, is just as powerful, so it might be a better option. Yeah, and just in general, Lotus Breach, I think, is like a more worrying type of deck because it's a pure combo deck, whereas Inverter is really just a blue-black control deck with a combo finish. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Looking at it from, from Wizards' point of view, I imagine the blue-black control deck, I mean, if, if this is just a way control just looks in Pioneer going forward. I mean, maybe that's fine. Whereas, uh, I mean, the absolute nonsense that this Lotus Breach deck gets up to uh, on early on pretty early turns of the game, just without interacting at all, uh, I guess could be problematic if it goes if it goes uh, unrivaled. Yeah, it is worth noting, I think, that uh, in the in the Grand Prix at Phoenix, uh, the same weekend, there were five copies of Inverter in the top eight of that. So that was obviously probably, you know, like... Maybe people who weren't playing the PT or who dropped out of the PT or whatever. I'm not sure, but uh, so so that was very well represented in that tournament at least. Yeah, I mean, to me, Inverter strikes me as the type of deck that people really want to play. Um, and like your average Magic player would be like, "Oh, that's cool." Um, and Lotus Breach is more of like uh, like eggs or uh, Kate, like the KCI combo deck. It's like. A combo deck that has a really high win, like a really high win rate, but like a lot of pe- not a lot of people go out of their way to to learn it because they look at it and they go, ah, oh, that's not real magic, not into that. Um, but the pros obviously will, you know, not say that. Uh, people who want to win are just going to be like, yes, I'm playing this deck. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense, and it's but it is worth noting about the Lotus Breach deck. It is much much easier to play than those kind of other decks. I think like Eggs and KCI and stuff like that. Like you go off much faster. 
the combo is not very complicated at all. So we might see more people adopt this deck because of that than we did with KCI and stuff like that over time if it doesn't get banned. That's true, yeah. But I think you are right that, yeah, just on a fundamental level, like a lot of players would just will never play this deck. Um, also, coming into this weekend, the story from last week was the Swedish Sultai deck that Joel Larsson used to win uh, Brussels. So that kind of supplanting the, um, as we mentioned last week, the kind of the rock or the, the good mid-range deck um, portion of the metagame that, that had been taken over by Niv-Mizzet. Here we don't we did we barely saw any of Mizzet at all. Um I'm just looking through the lists here. There's plenty of Mizzet down with a wood win. Yeah, so like th- down at like three wins is where you start to see Niv Mizzet. Um and yeah, so it's a we're we're hardly seeing any Niv Mizzet at all in this tournament and the ones that were there didn't do well. Of course that could be influenced by draft record as well, so we don't really know. Um other decks that uh failed to kind of show up this weekend are the Heliod combo decks. So again, we saw those at Brussels and Nagoya, and now they seem to have kind of disappeared as well, and uh, Blue Eye Control also. Yeah, one thing I want to know, which is a pretty cool story from this event, is uh, Corey Burkhardt, who who won the tournament on Demir and Verder after round five was two and three, and uh, he went on to win out, go 12-3, make the top eight, and win the top eight, which is pretty insane. Oh my god. Yeah, that's pretty nuts, isn't it? Like, imagine being two and three and you're like oh i'm so dead there's no way i might as well just i might as well just drop now i should go and play the play the gp tomorrow do well in that yeah and like every round even when you win i would imagine you're still feeling like oh, how much longer can i keep this streak going you know what i mean yeah and obviously because his his losses were early as well that's worse yeah for your breakers you would think like oh maybe i won't even make it even if i do well <laughs> Yeah, fair play to him. Really, really cool player. I've always liked Corey Burkhardt's content and stuff like that. He's always, always loved uh, Grixis. He used to put out a lot of Grixis videos on CFB and stuff like that. So very happy for him to uh, to win a big tournament. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, rounding out the top eight here. So we had two Inverter. We had two Lotus Breach. Uh, we had a Mono Red Aggro uh, by Zachary Keeney. And uh, there was actually, there was another mono red aggro player who was like ninth on breakers. So like a virtual top eight there. Um, we have one Sultai Delirium, one Blue Eye Control and one Bant Spirit. So Bant Spirit's also popular last weekend in Brussels. Uh, not putting up quite as good results this weekend, but we do have one top eight here. There's a couple on like seven wins. Uh, you can find a few Bant Spirits lists on six wins as well. So it, it did okay. So what decks do you think? Uh, do you guys think are, are going to be the best going forward? Do you think this is just it? This is the this is the solved metagame now. It's uh, like like if you had to play a tournament, you know, tomorrow, what what would you choose? I'm, I think I would probably buy into the hype that uh you know the CFB and Pantheon players kind of had around Breach. Uh, they were all saying on Twitter and stuff that they uh, it was broken and stuff like that before the event. Uh, you know, had two copies in the top eight, but they all did perform very well, it looks like, with the deck for the most part. A lot of uh, those people queued for the Players Tour finals off the back of that. So I guess I would look at that, or I would look at Sultai Delirium, which is something I haven't actually gotten to play with yet, but uh, I'm kind of excited to try that. I guess I would go with that just because I haven't tried that yet, and uh deck looks sweet. Yeah, I think uh, I'm afraid to try something like Sultai Delirium because I guess it's a deck where, you know, being a Totsi's deck, you have you have the tools to deal with uh, whatever you know, shape or form the meta might take. Uh, whereas, I mean, if you if you choose something that's as as all in as Lotus Breach and it's at a weekend, 
where it's been you're really heavily targeted uh, by uh, by damage chances. Yeah, like one of the issues with Lotus Breach is that it is like just soft to to traditional hate, like Rest in Peace or like Tormod Script or whatever. Um, yeah, Damping Sphere as well is pretty good. Yeah, Damping Sphere also, yeah, uh, really good. Yeah. Um, we have seen, uh, obviously, the, the, the Lotus Field itself is hard to interact with because it's a hexproof land. So, um, but yeah, Damping Sphere does uh, kind of interact there. And if, if other, um, other land hate type things start to be played, like maybe Alpine Moon, um, extraction effects obviously are good against it. Uh, but yeah, so like traditional hate, good against Lotus Breach, and not so much against Demir Inverter. Um, but we do, we have also seen players win against uh, hate from the sideboard. So a lot of times, if like against, let's say they're playing against Demir Inverter and they, uh, the Lotus Fields get extractioned. Uh, they can do something like uh, use Fae of Wishes to get just Ugin from the sideboard and maybe win that way. Uh, or even we we saw some players sideboarding out one Lotus Field so that they could use Fae of Wishes. Like after the extraction effect has, has been used, they can use Fae of Wishes to wish for the Lotus Field from the sideboard. <laughs> that's absolutely amazing. That's yeah, big, that's a cool. great place. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, the Sultai Delirium list also very attractive because you can customize it so heavily um because it's it's a traverse deck then you know you obviously have a lot of things that you can uh, go and get yeah i mean if you're talking about graveyard hate you can do something like going and getting the scavenger grounds um jacob wilson who was in the top eight here uh had a brain maggot in the main which is pretty interesting because it's a it's an enchantment creature and it also is like another hand disruption disruption effect so that's pretty sweet yeah, I like that here. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I guess it's it's it's. I don't know. It's hard for me to, to kind of come up with new stuff because because it, it does kind of seem like the same as a couple of weeks ago with these lists. Uh, and I kind of do agree with you, Wolf, that it's kind of yeah. This is this is kind of looking like where the meta will be for the near future. But um, it's still like there's a, there's a lot of different decks you can play and everything. You know. Yeah, I mean it's kind of similar to modern as well in that there's probably a lot of decks that are just outside this group uh, that are probably fine to play. Like if you play against something like um, uh, like a hardened scales deck, probably has the tools to win against a lot of things, right? Because it it can play Thoughtsies, um, and it's just a fast aggro deck. And there's not really any hard control decks in the metagame at the moment. Like there's far fewer um, Supreme Verdicts being played. Like there's a lot less Azorius control, and uh, your creatures can get bigger than than a Demir Inverter can deal with. Like usually they're they're looking at like cry the carnarium or uh maybe languish out of the sideboard and and uh you're in hardened scales your creatures can grow beyond that so that could be a, a way to attack the metagame yep i could see that I, I had some success with that deck before i quite liked it so i wouldn't mind trying it again uh we we did have one azorius control here in the top eight and just looking through it here i don't really see a whole lot um that's interesting the only thing here is a is a three one split of Sinister Sabotage and Absorb. So three Sinister Sabotage and, and one Absorb, um, which is kind of the reverse of, of what most lists were or had been playing. And I, I guess this is just, you know, a nod to the fact that there's much more combo and mid-rangey decks in the format right now and far fewer aggro decks. The only aggro deck that's really around is Mono Red. And of course, you will want the Absorb, but you have other ways that you can try to gain life as well. You have Elspeth Sun's Nemesis and stuff like that, so... Yeah, I think that's a pretty good choice. I think they're just like there's a lot of a lot of cards in in a 
fair few matchups where that where that exile is going to be really useful at the moment. So I think that's a pretty keen uh, choice. Yeah, what, what do you make of a uh, solo guide lantern in the main here? The one of pretty pretty absurd. I think it's fine. Yeah, um, it just cycles if you don't need it. If you don't need the the exile graveyard exile stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems pretty good to me. I don't know about it in the main though. It seems like it's still like going to clunk up your opening hands a good bit. You know. I guess you have all these opts and sensors and Azorius charms and stuff to to cycle through quite a few cards though in your opening hand. Yeah, like, you can't really play rest in peace in these versions of Blue White because they have Elspeth Sun's Nemesis and they have Dig Through Time. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, so Soul Guide Lantern seems like a fine option or like Tormod Script or whatever. But obviously, Soul Guide is is better in this type of deck because you want to be able to cantrip with it when you don't need the the graveyard effect. And yeah, I think one in in the main is is fine. Uh, obviously, this player, you know, Austin Bursevich, uh, correctly anticipated the amount of like combo and like obviously Soul Guide Lantern can can interfere with the inverter combo as well. Um, so I think it was a fairly good choice for this weekend, but maybe not going forward. Depends on how popular these decks continue to be. Uh, it does seem like they will probably still be very popular in the short term. Uh, who knows if there'll be a ban involved or. Maybe people will find some other aggressive deck that uh, gets around them. Yeah, after playing Mono Red at Brussels, I kind of like, and, and just knowing that Inverter is going to be pretty prevalent, I, d- I don't really know where I would want to be on aggro. I, I don't think it would be on Mono Red. Uh, mono Black seems fine, but that didn't really show up at this event in, in big numbers, it seems like. Yeah, there, there was a bit of Mono Black. Um, you can find it in the standings, you know, from, I think from like the, the seven win kind of area uh, there's one mono black at eight wins uh one at seven and a mono black vampires as well at seven wins yeah and then we're kind of down into the fives pretty quick yeah so it kind of it performed okay it looks like yeah uh, it's okay it, it's not a deck that i'm particularly excited about at the moment um i mean if you look at so you know so, something to indicate how how good mono red maybe is at the moment or or how how people's perception of mono red is uh, Tom Ross at the Players Tour played Blue Eye Control. That's quite funny, isn't it? You wouldn't expect that. Yeah, that's a pretty good, uh, good flag. Yeah, so like Tom Ross will will jam uh, aggro decks when he thinks they're viable. So uh, playing Blue Eye Control here, uh, probably not a great choice for him. Uh, to be honest, I, I I don't think Blue Eye Control was a, a great choice for the weekend. But um, yeah, that it just kind of goes to show, like if anyone. Is gonna if 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 an aggro deck is viable, Tom Ross is gonna be playing it, yeah. So um, the fact that he didn't hear is maybe something to indicate the health of aggro in this format. Yeah, definitely. I do think though, Kieran, your um, your decision to play Eidolons in the main uh, was the correct one, and I think should be the correct one going forward for Mono Red in this format. Yeah, it looks a lot better now, even than when I when I did it. I was just doing it because I thought it was decent again. I knew it was good against Breach, obviously, but I wasn't really thinking much of that would show up. But I thought it was decent about against Inverter. And now, if you you're pretty confident you're going to see a lot of both of those deck, it seems like outstanding. So yeah, I'd definitely go with that. Yeah. Don't know about Carries F at the moment. That card doesn't seem very good. Yeah, maybe you just want want uh, Eidolon and then the Acolytes or what it's called, Abbot. Ab- Abbot. Yeah, that card's so medium though. I hate that card. You know, yeah, carries out and attack past an inverter proof. That's true. It's a big wooden damage. Yeah. Could be three damage with uh, what's his name, Torbrand. Oh, true, true. Yeah, Car- carries out is pretty decent with Torbrand just because of the the two damage sources that it creates. Obviously, 
Um, but yeah, I think the the mono red two drop slot is definitely something that can be swapped around. There's like a lot of options for mono red in two and three drop slots. Like if you go back to the the standard mono red decks that use like Earthshaker Kenra and uh, what was the other one? The one that was like a three two haste with exert. I uh, think something kind of. Ankar Crusher, that was it, yeah. Uh, the tree drop order, but yeah, it's um, it's here, shaking kind of yeah. But I suppose it comes down to how many creatures you're expecting to see. Like, uh, how many decks are playing a creature in turn two, you know, apart from you and Monoread? Yeah, Soltai, I guess, if you, if you expect yeah. that to be popular. Yeah, but just, the point is just to say that there are, like, I think plenty of options. Like, there's so many different ways to build Monoread in this format. So, there probably, you know, there could be some way to build it to attack this particular metagame. Yeah, I think so. You, you just have to look back at how diverse all the Monoread decks have been over the last, you know, whatever, five years. And, um, yeah, there's always something different, obviously, in the, in the two-drop slot, two slot. Yeah, I mean, but also, even looking at the three-drop slot, like the Ancrop Crasher is probably better if you want to push damage early than um, than the likes of Goblin Chain Whirler or Bone Crusher Giant, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it can also maybe get you past an inverter that your opponent was helping to block, hoping to block with or something like that, I don't know. Or an Arboreal Grazer. I'm actually so tilted that that card is, like, heavily played in so many formats. Yeah, God, it's, it's, it's a card you have to consider when you're building your modern red deck. Oh, my God, I put in this tree drop to get around or one drop. I mean, if... That card is really just, like, it really shows us how bad we are at all about evaluating magic cards, right? Because even still being annoyed about it now is so funny, because it obviously is a good card, but you look at it and you just don't want to be playing against it, because you think you still think in some way it's not good, even yeah. though kind of the proof is in the pudding, you know? I I still think it's a bad card. <laughs> but, uh... I don't know, it's a, it's a Mox Diamond that blocks... What could you ask for? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, like if you're on the draw as a mono red and your opponent goes, you know, turn one, our boy Grazer uh, put a land into play, you're just like, well, well, I've lost the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, one little piece of spice that I did want to talk about as well was a, a deck that was played by Raja Suleiman and it got to eight wins. And I think he wasn't too far off a of top eight. I think was mainly his his draft performance that that uh took him off it and uh, I did see him in the feature match I think I'm not sure about twice but definitely once um and yeah so it's it's a black white mid-range deck uh with Kunaros main one Kunaros and uh one on the side as well or it could be more on the side I don't know it's a, it's not a it's a 11 card sideboard so we don't have the numbers only individuals but uh yeah so it's like now the Ebonegian, Thraven Inspector, Glory Bound Initiate, which I never expected to see again. Uh, Scrap Heap Scrounger, only two of those. Uh, Kunaros, Thalia, Archangel Avison, Gideon the Trials, Gideon Ally of Zendikar, Fatal Push, Thoughtseize, Anguished Unmaking, Heart of Kieran, and History of Banalia. So, like, a bunch of standard all-stars here that some of them, you know, haven't quite found a place in uh, in Pioneer yet, and all being jammed into this uh, black-white mid-rangey aggro-y deck. Yeah, I like to look at this. It reminds me of yeah, the Black White Mid-Range decks we saw back in the um, in the Draven Inspector, uh, Arch, Arch Angel, Archangel, that was in standard. Uh, yeah, having, having access to Kudros, uh seems pretty decent right now. This is such a weird deck. I don't know what to think of this. Oh, sure. Well, your Scrappy Scranger does a repertoire of Kudros. Kind of yeah, I guess that's why there's only two Scrappy Scrangers. Um... <laughs> there's only one Kudros in the main and one on the side as well. Yeah. Well, the sideboard numbers you don't know, but... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, yeah. it's a legend as well, so you're not going to just jam a bunch more in the main, are you? I don't know. No, probably not. But yeah, old Thalia. How good is Thalia right now? Makes uh, Lotus Field come in topped. Boom. <laughs> Bottom. Uh, makes Inverters come in topped, because they can't block. That's pretty good. Yeah, that might come up uh, sometimes, yeah. Um, the mana here, obviously, it's uh, enemy color, so it has slightly better mana than if it was um, allied color. And it also gets to play four Mutavolts because the mana costs aren't too intensive. Um, Gideon in the Trials and Gideon Allies and Zendikar being the only really intensive mana costs. I guess Avacyn as well, but... Yeah, History of Benalia as well as the Void. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's a, the mana seems fine, I think. You get that freebie Urborg as well, which kind of helps things out. Although you don't need double black so much, but it still relieves the pressure on the double white spells, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but when I have Legion of the Life for History of Benalia. That's the only light, I think. Nice. Yeah, I don't understand Glory Brand Band Initiate at all. That's a truly weird inclusion. Yeah, maybe this player Tosh that the card is a knight. Plus one plus three light link. Night link. <laughs> miss your taxi. <laughs> don't untap the next morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably it could be just something to do with what you said, Al, like where Kunaros interferes with your Scrappy Scrounger. Um so we kind of wanted to play four Scrappy Scroungers, but, um, uh, you know, because th- for crewing Heart of Kieran and, and what have you. But uh, maybe you just can't play four if you have Kunaros, I don't know. Yeah. What, just don't play Kunaros, I feel like. Just play four Scrounger for, uh, what's it called, the one drop that's a 3-2? Toolcraft Exemplar? Mm, I don't think you have enough artifacts. You just have eight artifacts, right? Yeah, seven. Even he has three Heart of Kieran. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, three. That's it, yeah. Um, player Dispatcher as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. I'm, I think it makes sense to have a Horse Carcass Ranger, and then you can take them out if you want to bring in Kunaros. But... Yeah, but like matchups where you want to bring in Kunaros are probably ones where you want the Scrap Heap Scrounger to be fast, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Looks like a complete pile, lads, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I just give it all credit. I'll be fine, man. What's good with this deck? Tally tasks on the side. Um, Sideboard. I love it. Argwell's Bloodfast, a card that I've completely come around on. I used to hate it, now I love it. Um, Doomblade, a classic. Love it. Love it. Give you a tenner if you can tell me what Glare of Heresy does. I, I already looked at it. So. I'm looking at it now. Um, no foe is more hated than the former friend. So true. And uh, Elspeth Conquers Death in the sideboard as well. That's a that's a that's quite a card. That can't be good. Also seems terrible here. Yeah. Like, what is going on with this deck? That's also bad with um, Kuridos. Oh, yeah. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, maybe they, did, they never come in. I don't know. Um, yeah, this is quite a pile. Oh, you can, you, can get back a, you can get back a Planeswalker from the Grave. Oh, that's true. With, yeah. With Concrete, okay, yeah. Even, even when you have Kunros, so that's not, that's not too bad. Then. You can put a um, plus one plus one counter on your Gideon Planeswalker. You certainly can, where it's actually relevant. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I'm kind of into this deck. I think there's like there's something there. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's 75 cards, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't even uh, flip our abs in, you know, when you want. Nothing. Uh, no. You walk up this. I don't know. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe the correct version of this deck is just like a black white deck um, with like walking ballista and the helio combo or something. Yeah, maybe just like with that, he'd be a combo deck with uh, that aggressive start. I don't know. Between our Mutabolts and our Kevin Coilos, you could throw some Plot Seers in there. Could do. Could also 
get a pack rat in there. Mutavolt is a rat. There you go. Oh, yeah. Mutavolt, also a knight. It is, yeah. You see, but if your Mutavolt dies, it doesn't flip absent because it's an angel. Wait, what? Because um, it has to be a non-angel creature to transform absent. Ah. Uh. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. No, I'm off the deck. <laughs> Can you shout out to uh, shout out to Sam Black going zero wins with mono blue devotion? Love it. I've been asking someone. Has... I know. I just I'm just looking at the bottom, seeing uh, see who won. I think that's that's the same deck that uh, Zvi Mashowitz was playing, right? Yeah, very similar. It looks like yeah. Now let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna real quick go on Sam Black's Twitter here to see what he said about the deck before the tournament. Oh, you deserve to get the real the real scoop. Yeah. He's got a mass manipulation in the main deck. That's pretty sick, what Nick does. Yeah, I like the, I like the build. Four Ashiox Erasure in the main. Jesus. That's wild. That's absolutely mad. I can't believe he did that. That's <laughs> yeah. an absolute madman. I, I like to listen to like, until I got to that. I mean, it just uh, helps your Nyctos. Yeah, obviously that's what it's for, but it's still four mana for a counter spell. It does also lock them out from playing any other of that spell, though. So. Yep. Disappointingly, Sam Black was not spitting hot fire on Twitter about his deck before the PT, so... Disaster. Can't no, that would be nice. Yeah, and Zvi went 2-3, uh, apparently, with it. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm into that deck. <laughs> oh, it seems pretty bad. Yeah, so I try it on a, I'll try it on Arena uh, Historic or something. It looks like you could basically play the whole deck there. Yeah, I think, uh, I think most yeah. of the deck is actually in standard at the moment. Yeah, the old Tassa, I think, is the only card that isn't. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I, I always assume this is a new Tassa. Um, I think it does have the new Tassa as well, does it? Maybe. Uh, Zvi was playing one, Sam wasn't playing any. Okay. Yeah, I thought, I thought you wanted to you know, have Tassa with Ashok's Razor and then keep on turning your hand off. Well, I don't how would that work? That, your mind. that does what you wanted to do there. Think... Oh, you, just keep, you, just change, you can pick a different card. Okay, so you're saying you go to your Ed step, you put the Tassa trigger on the stack, and you hope they cast a spell while it's on the stack? <laughs> and then you still their spell resolves first. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, okay, right. Also, I'm pretty sure uh, Tassa only blinks creatures, right? Oh, is it okay? Oh, this, this is why Sam Black is a master, and he's not saying Tassa. Yeah, okay. but you could probably make it into a creature somehow. Oh yeah. But then when you blink it, it won't be a creature anymore. So it's a lot of work. Yeah, look at there. Engulf the shore in the sideboard. Love it. I have so many of that card. Nice. Um. All right. So. That is the PT in Phoenix. Uh, From the top to the bottom. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you, do, do you think there will be bans? Um, yeah, probably. I think they should ban Dig Through Time, and then that'll probably sort everything out. But why? Because it's in both Inverter and in Breach. Yeah, but I like Dig Through Time. <laughs> I mean, I think it was fine up until these decks showed up, and now it's probably not fine anymore. But do you think, like... Considering what they did with uh, the Nexus deck, where they just banned Nexus of Fate, um, and like obviously ne- the Nexus deck, Dig Through Time was a big problem in that deck as well. It was like the most abused by that deck. Um, so, do you think that they will look to like? D- d- does that maybe indicate that they want to keep Dig Through Time in the format for some reason, or like uh, might they look to to ban something else? I, I, don't uh, think that... I don't think so, because I think like Nexus is just so fun to unplay against that that's the main reason they banned that card, because people just moan about it all the time, and it makes games last forever in paper and stuff like that, whereas like these cards, none of these cards really have that problem. 
Hmm. And Digs Through Time also is like a two for one here, right? They they take out both decks at once. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and you can still play the decks. That's the thing; it doesn't totally kill them. Like the Breach deck, I think would probably just play Treasure Cruise instead. I think the Inverter deck probably can't just do that. Yeah, I think if they, I wouldn't be surprised if they just banned both of those cards at the same time. If they were going to ban Dig, if they just wanted to ban Cruise as well, mm. um, or they, or they could just ban Dig. I don't know, but I think, I think that's the solution I would like to see because this is like the time after the PTs where, like, I don't know, you don't really want people to feel really unsure about buying into their Pioneer deck after watching a couple of weeks of PTs, right? So I wouldn't want them to just like ban a card that totally kills the archetype. I'd like them to just. Everyone knows like dig through time is BS, right? So just get rid of that, and people can still try and do their combo stuff without it. Mm. And like, I guess you know they they said that oh the weekly bans are ending uh, for Pioneer, but I do still kind of get the vibe that they want to be relatively agile with the format and and flexible and are like ready to ban stuff if it gets out of hand. Yeah, depends really if they care about Moto or if they care about Paper Pioneer. I guess going forward because I don't think there's any more pioneer like paper events for a while right well is, is the players tour finals pioneer the tour finals yes when's that though well, it's before my one um yeah. oh is it oh right okay yeah it's okay. the end of the season yeah. gotcha okay i thought it was the end of the year is it is it so, so soon no yeah, yeah there's, one, there's one at the end of each uh series well one at the end of each series yeah four series gotcha. two a season. okay one season in the year yeah yeah, the... Oh yeah, so it's going to be in Houston at the end of April. Gotcha. Yeah, it's still a good bit off, actually. Yeah, so been, yeah. If you want to ban something, and then like, now will be the time to give people the time to you know, figure out what they want to play, figure out where the format's going to go uh, if they're accused. Like, yeah. yeah, in that case, yeah, I would agree. I'd expect them to either see, either do something very soon or just leave it until after that, that PT finals. Hmm. I mean, there won't be... There probably there, There's no high-level Pioneer probably for the whole rest of the year after that, so maybe they will just leave it. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, wouldn't be surprised either way. I don't particularly like playing against either of the decks. I think the format would probably be more fun if they were not as prevalent, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing them go, to be honest. Okay. All right. Uh, I have to say, in this, in this instance, I actually disagree. I, I think I... Well, Inverter, I definitely have no problem with because it's basically just a control deck. Um, mm-hmm. And Lotus Breach is... Yeah, I like it. I think it's just too good. I don't know that Dig Through Time necessarily is what's making it too good. I think you might just have to ban Underworld Breach. Um, I don't know. Underworld Breach is a stupid card to have printed. And we we haven't discussed that at all in this in this particular episode. I know we've said it in the past, but uh, it's a really silly card to print. Like it's Yogmoth's will. It is. Yeah, it is. It is a stupid card. Lotus Field is a stupid card as well, though. You know, <laughs> there's lots of stupid cards in these decks. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Asus Oracle is an incredibly stupid card. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's our that's our verdict on Pioneer. It's full of stupid cards. Hey. Um, all right. We talk about this this uh, dicta controversy briefly. Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. Let me see if I can get this up. Uh, so basically, um, a tweet was posted to or Magic TCG. It was a, a link to a tweet from Frank Frank Carson. Uh, so someone. Oh, not just someone, Bob Huang uh, tweeted and uh, said, are we really back to only posting top eight deck lists for GPs? Uh, and then copied in Magic Esports and CFP events. And then he said, let Carson Frank give us data. And then Frank Carson came in, he said, additional G- top GP deck lists will be provided in an article on channelfireball.com later this week. However, 
I am no longer allowed to publish all GP deck lists or provide GP win rate analysis. And people are very annoyed about this. Yeah, it just seems like the same old story over and over again, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like the nine players data. So, and it, it's kind of like to what end? Is it so they can say everything's fine? Or do they not want people to figure out formats so quickly? It's, it's, that's going to happen anyway, right? I think they think that there's going to be like a, a sort of multiplication effect. If people see like a deck winning, everyone just goes to that deck. And I j- maybe they just don't believe that they don't believe in the capability of like the field as a whole to like then you know metagame against that and and figure out ways to beat it they just think that players on arena or whatever are just going to play against the same deck 10 times in a row and get sick of the game and quit you know stuff like that they just want to keep people in the dark to to create a more varied gameplay experience for like the average player yeah it could be it yeah something like that too i think that's i mean maybe that or maybe maybe that kind of metagame wouldn't necessarily happen on arena you know on arena you just want to, especially because of the grinding system on the ladder, you just want a deck that's efficient and good that you know you get wins out of. And you're not really um, going to spend a lot of time metagaming uh, to beat the ladder on Marina when it's really reps on kind of yeah. big games of matter. What do you think, Wolf? Um, I don't know. I, I think th- this this trend obviously has been going on for a long time. Um, I don't really understand why they would just not allow Frank Carson to do this when he wants to do it. Like, just let him at it. Like, and then. It looks bad for them. Like in reality, I'm I'm sure not that many people were looking real hard at that data anyway. Um, I think the 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 outcry or the reaction is out of proportion to how many people are actually affected by this. Um, but I do still think that that data should be should be available if you know if if Frank is there looking at the data and he's like, oh, I really want to publish this, but he just is not allowed. There's someone there wagging their finger at him saying, no, 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 you can't publish that. I mean, that's just. It's just pointless. Like, just publish the data. It's fine. Who cares if players solve the format a bit faster? It's okay. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's fine. And like, if anything, I don't know. I think it probably encourages players in paper and stuff to like buy more new decks and cards and stuff like that if they want to be able to switch it up and keep keep ahead of the meta and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's probably good for for business in in a way as well. So I think like thinking that you you can like completely just determine the effect that like hiding or showing this data will have is is probably not realistic. Mm. Maybe maybe that's related to the whole ban thing. So like just over the whole past like year and a half of Magic, obviously bans have become more prevalent, and in general, just calling for bans and talking about bans is also just at the forefront of people's minds at all at all times. And like the second a deck is doing well, or it's like, oh my god, this is a new deck, everyone's just like, oh, ban it immediately. Um, and maybe they don't want people to be looking at the data, the you know, the raw data from those to be able to say like, oh, this one is actually a real outlier. We actually need to ban this and to like demand bans. So maybe that's part of the reason. Yep, I could see that too. Again, it's just hard to know. They just they they don't really usually give very clear communication on this, which I think is another reason why people go off the deep end and kind of overreact to it. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it doesn't seem like a good thing to do, but I also agree with you. I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, even as like the three of us being like pretty competitive players who probably, you know, would look at that data more than the average player would, I'm still not really that bothered either way, to be honest. I feel like at this point, you know, just looking at leagues and, and Moto challenge results and SCG results and stuff like that. It's if, if you're invested in the game, it's, it's pretty easy to get a, a clear view of where the game is at. Like the days where it's like the pros knew everything and every pro tour, everyone's going to get taken by surprise, you know, because they, they don't have the the testing power the pros do. Those days are pretty much over. So, yeah, like a lot of people are, are, are 
you know, bemoaning this because they're like, oh, another big advantage for pro teams who can all test together and share their data. Like, shut up. <laughs> there's so many discords and there's data everywhere. If you want to know what's a good deck, you can find that information. Just go and talk online. There's no barrier. You can be part of a community. You can figure out what's good as well. Uh, Look at Canister. Like, he literally posted his deck list and his sideboard guide before PT Brussels and came second in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he... I'm not saying he works alone because he's part of Team Hararuya, but, like, he, you know, he streams a lot of his own testing and he's not really... Like, he's not having super, like, in-depth conversations with other teammates or whatever. He's he's kind of... he, He works somewhat independently as well so yeah you really get the feeling that he just kind of has gets a really good sort of intuition for what decks and angles are are good to go with and then he just like goes with it himself and tunes that deck and a lot of the time it's kind of like it looks like a rogue deck at first and then suddenly a few weeks later everybody's playing it like with inverter yeah yeah because he was one of the early people on that deck too one of the first people i saw playing it yeah he was all right um just noticing here that uh, the number one trending uh, topic in Ireland is up the Ra. So there we go. Yeah, there we go. That was uh, for any for our international listeners. We had an election and we voted in the Ra. So up the Ra. <laughs> I think there was um, uh, TV elected to, whoa, what is it, Waterford? Maybe not Waterford. Uh, had to apologize because he said up the Ra after win. <laughs> yeah, after some Sinn Fein candidate won, they were singing you black and tans and the RDS and everyone was getting pissed yeah. off. Yeah. It's not not the best look, but sure. Anyway, whatever. Uh, all right. Well, that's our political minute ended. Um, and that'll segue us nicely into uh, Kieran's Turner report. Oh, up to indeed. Yeah. Kieran, take it away. Oh, yeah. The, the, the classic Irish colours of blue, white and no green. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, so went into Gamers World. Uh, Al very kindly left left the deck behind the uh, behind the counter for me, so I could just just pick it up. Assume that there was seventy five cards in there. Desperately write out a deck list five minutes before the tournament. Managed to just about get in there. Um, so yeah, was really happy with the deck. Uh, um, round one, I played against Team Reclamation. Mark on Team Reclamation. That ended up going into time after two games. I feel like that's probably a bad matchup for Blue Eye Control. I wasn't like delighted with it. Um, but it feels like very intricate. It feels like they have a lot of threats you have to deal with. You have to deal with the Euros and you have to deal with the Wilderness Reclamations are kind of the two main things. So permanently getting rid of both of those like requires a lot of finagling of counter spells and Elspeth Conquer's death and bouncing them and stuff like that till you can eventually win with a Dream Trawler. Because if you end up just letting them end up with a Wilderness Reclamation on board and, and your shields are down, you will just die late game to an Expansion Explosion. So that felt like a bit of a tricky matchup to me. I think I need more practice at it. Um, round two, I played against uh, Black Red Knights. That felt fairly easy, to be honest. Um, just had Birth Melitis, I think, both, or Melitis, both games. Uh, that card is like obviously a superstar against them, even though a couple of the creatures have, you know, Menace and stuff like that, or Flying or whatever. But uh, that felt like just a pretty standard sort of slowish aggro deck against Blue Eye Control, which I think is never a good thing for Blue Eye Control. Um, the one thing you got to watch out for there, I suppose, is Edict Effects from the from the black player. So always make sure if you have time, you can make a 1-1 with your White Castle or you can get a, make a wall with Birth of Miletus or something like that, just so you don't lose your Dream Trawler to, uh, to an Edict Effect. And be super careful because they might have Liliana as well and make you suck two things. So that's just the one to... Uh, to be vigilant of 
Uh, Ren 3, I played the Mirror, Blue Eye Control Mirror. Um, pretty much the only cards that matter in game one there are Shatter the Sky and Dream Trawler and Teferi, nothing on Narset. Uh, none of the other cards in your deck do anything, so you just play it super slow and try it. And Elspeth Conquers Death, I guess, you know, as well. But uh, that's that's basically it. Uh, won that one pretty handily. My opponent made a few misplays there. They tried to Dovin's Veto, my Dovin's Veto, and stuff like that. And uh, sadly, that does does not work as you would as you would want it to. Uh, and then in the last round, I played against Mono Red Aggro, and I beat that as well. Uh, again, pretty 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 standard Aggro. That was a that, that was a very close match, and it was an enjoyable one. But it was um yeah pretty standard blue white versus mono red type stuff not nothing much to say dream trawler is just a crazy card against aggro just as i've said at the shop like getting to have your bane slayer angel in your main deck against aggro and not have to sideboard it in is just a really wild thing that for blue white to be able to do yeah definitely and it's ran, randomly like you don't even need to protect it you know like, they're not going to try it to have because there's no way um mono red to get rid of it um i think yeah i definitely agree what you said about uh red black that you know probably the main game we have against you is managing to eat it to your Trotter and um, depending on how the game plays, how the game plays out, you can you can maybe just afford to wait very long until you cast your Trotter. You can uh, just you know, answer all the threats. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to slam it. They did have Crocs in the board, which was like a nice bit of recursion that I had to deal with, but it again just wasn't really enough because I just, you just always have so many cards in hand with this blue white deck. You just always have a full grip, so you don't really care about Crocs so much. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Also, it gets hit by Glass Casket, which you're sideboarding in anyway, so that's a nice little interaction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the blue-white deck. I think I'll probably play it at the, at the finals as well for this WPNQ, assuming Standard doesn't get shaken up massively in, uh, in the next few weeks. But I think that's what I'm going to be doing, is playing some Arena, um, trying to get familiar with the matchups. I don't know. Like, I haven't played very much against the Cat Oven deck, so I'm not sure... How that matchup is, I'm sure. I'm sure it's probably fine, but just need to get the reps in. Yeah, I, I didn't have too much trouble with cat deck. I think, um, I mean, they do have those. Sometimes when you have the very strong starts, it's very hard to interact with them, especially you know, um, for sideboarding. Uh, I mean, in terms of standard changing, uh, there's not there's not that many big events uh, that will kind of put pressure in the format to adapt. Uh, there was SCG Classic in, in Philadelphia, which uh, was taken in by Pant Mid Range, which kind of I guess is like a, is a fairly new build. Uh, with, that, yeah. that's just like Uro with Teferi and stuff, right? I think I played. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like kind of yeah, a push on um, but it's Simicram. It's basically Simicram with Teferi and Uro. Yeah, that deck I didn't think was amazing because it seemed like they'd taken Simicram, taken out a lot of the ramp cards, and just replaced it with like controly cards. So, but then you still have to like tap out on turn five or whatever for your Cavalier. It just seems like it wouldn't do as well against Aggro to me. So. I don't know, but yeah, I did notice, I was looking at the results for that SCG as well, and there was a ton of blue-white control in it as well, so it seems like that is kind of the default best deck at the, at the moment in the format, and it was also like four out of the ten players in the qualifier on on Saturday were playing it as well in the tournament I entered, so maybe I should start looking at something else that can beat blue-white if it's gonna if those numbers are going to stay up. Yeah, well, I, I thought it sounds like I have a handle on how to move those, that I mean, it's just if if you resolve the fairy and they don't, because it's so hard for the dumpster to carry on the board uh, with, with single, single card. So if you let's see, first player to resolve the fairy just goes so far ahead, and um, I think yeah, because because it, like, then again it comes down to Dream Trotter and Shadow the Sky. The matchups, the matches don't last super long. Um, so you're not a yeah, you're not just a you're not going to be a, a control mirror that just has cards going back and forth for hours. But maybe maybe yeah. a mirror is something you can you can just outplay. 
Tech four, yeah, like I feel like it wouldn't be crazy because there's so so many of the decks at the moment are either blue, white, or simic that you could probably play like two mystical disputes in your main deck and be fine with it. And that would give you like a huge edge. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously a mystical dispute isn't necessarily turned off in our matchups. I think um I think that this the smart list for team or reclamation decks right now, in fact, do play two mystical disputes. There you go. Geniuses, just like my good self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah standard seems pretty good to me at the moment to be honest first time i've played it in a while and i've actually been enjoying jamming the games on arena arena and stuff which to be honest hadn't been true for quite a long time before that although again just every time i have to play against a friggin cat oven deck and i have to click through a million triggers and activations every turn it does make me just want to concede the match i just hate it yeah, i've uh, tackled um ranked drafts ranked zeros Arrows draft. I've drafted a very bad deck, but I'm doing well in bronze. So I'll uh, chain the wins together, see how far I get, and then go back to standard. Nice. The uh, the other day I played a draft. <laughs> I'm also in bronze, and uh, my opponent, who was silver, <laughs> played, played a whirlwind denial uh, with no spells on the stack. Just at the beginning. Of my oh, nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> This has been a combat. You got to counter your combat step unless you pay four. Yeah. Dude, maybe that's it. Yeah, counters the ability of going to combat. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, that's, had a, that's the quality of players that you're going to be facing there in bronze. Yeah, I had, a, I had an annex. I had annex and a 1 3 in play. And Bowling cast Myers Grass with a 1 3. But I got a token. Then I said oops to them. And then they cast another spell to kill annex. They spammed oops again. The same turn. <laughs> You gotta, <laughs> you gotta be uh, hit them with the with the BM emotes. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Just so that so that they know that they made an oops. Exactly, yeah. There was kind of I don't know if it was some of Jupiter's article on CFB. I, I don't know who wrote it, and um, that was about the art of using the oops emoji or the oops emote to um uh you know, get a get, get plays of your opponent where you could like make it look like you made a misplay by saying oops before you go say if you tack if you use this example of like if you tack three three to a four four. Uh, you spam, you hover over the creature you attack with, then say oops, you make it look like that you did the attack with accidents, so you block and you have bone spell. Uh, but then, in the other hand, you can do that, and then if you overdo it, you can make it look like you're gonna do a bluff and uh, they don't block. So I think a uh, well placed good game does it too. Like, if your opponent taps out for a bomb and you just you just spam good game, and then on your attack, you got to combat and just attack with everything, like you're pissed off. Yes, I like that as well. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I have done that. Um, yeah, so it's. You know, you can't get any sick reads on, on your real life bonus, so you gotta you gotta find edges in other ways. Oh, I I mean, so some of that effort can be wasted because like I just have the emos turned off, so I'm sure a lot of people also do. It's a free roll, though, you know. It is a free roll. Yeah. But it's also like it's not a free roll in the sense that you have to think to do it, and like you're expending mental energy or whatever. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to call it a power move, but you know, it's a move. <laughs> yeah, it's a kind of move. Yeah. Uh, it's like it would a wrestler, you know, it wouldn't be a finisher or like a, a special move. It would just be like the scoop slam or like the the chest chop or whatever, you know. You get a few of them in at the start of the match. <laughs> it's just a song bound up. Yeah. Yeah, this is um yeah, mastering the most powerful tool in MTG Arena, the oops button. By uh, Connor McLeod. 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 I'm pretty sure. There can be only one. Yeah. All right. All right. Is that it for this week? I think it is. Yes. Um, we've dealt with Pioneer. We've uh, we've dealt with big data, and 
you've given us a wonderful tournament report. So I think that's uh, that's pretty much it for the show. Uh, just before we go, I'll also mention inkedgaming.com one more time. You can go to inkedgaming.com forward slash skullcrack in order to get 10% off your order. And what are you going to order? You're going to order a deadly playmat with a class picture on it and some amazing stitched edging. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, are, yeah. may or may not be available in different colors. I don't even know. <laughs> I should probably check that out on the website. Or you can check it out when you're making your order at inkedgaming.com forward slash skullcrack. Um, and if you want to email us, you can email us at skullcrackpodcast at gmail.com. We always love to receive uh, listener emails uh, about whatever, whatever you, whatever your little heart desires, whatever, whatever you like. Uh, or you can uh, tweet at us at Skullcrack. And uh, that is going to do it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye. heels of uh, election weekend and boy have I've been glued to the election coverage over over Sunday rather than magic coverage but um are you guys ready for a deep dive into Irish politics oh god oh yeah oh don't worry we're, we're not doing that uh, on today's edition of line versus wolf we have a special election edition and, uh, I won't say that right I won't say those words wrong uh, erection election edition <laughs> um so uh are you so? So basically, there are a bunch of cards of magic goes to your barrel, which involve voting and elections. Um, these are maybe played in uh, multiplayer formats, uh, you know, appearing in conspiracy, used in uh, commander. Um, and there are two different uh, two mechanics that utilize voting. Um, one is will of the council, and the other is council's dilemma, which uh, until today I thought were the same thing, uh, but they're not. So, line versus wolf. Are you ready? Yes. Yep. Kieran said yes first, so we'll start off with Kieran. Uh, the first question is a freebie. Uh, what is the difference between Will of the Council and Council's Dilemma? Will of the Council is where the Council votes for a player, and Council's Dilemma is where they vote for homage or carnage. Is that right? And that is incorrect, David Wolf. Damn, you okay. Tell us the difference. Um, yeah, so Will of the Council is like... Um, it's like a, a, a straight up like ah, uh, how can I say it? Um, I think you have it. So like council's dilemma is like you vote for either one of two things, and then for each person who voted one way, something happens, and for each person who voted another way, something happens. And then will of the council is where everybody votes, and the highest amount of votes, uh, that thing happens. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically what I said. You, know, you said you vote for players. Well, sometimes you do. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. Oh, really? Do. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's either... Uh, so we'll I bet players to... vote for things, like... Yeah, but never no, mind. But like, that, that, both of them involve voting for things, but will of the council, uh, one thing happens based on, like... It's... Yeah, yeah, it's like council's judgment. All the players vote for a permanent or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But with, but council's dilemma, you always just vote between two options. Yeah, which I did make it. I did make that distinction at least. Well, yeah, uh, there, there there are some of those councils where you go between two options. Really? Yeah, like um, homage or or whatever. 
that's Council's dilemma, isn't it? Yeah, uh, just just there's dilemma. Well, you'll see it's both questions. So, no, well, how, there's coercive portal, right? Oh no, that is will of the council. Oh. Okay, I have no idea what the difference is. Okay, though. all right. No, yeah. so, uh, um, Kieran, I said it. It's that in the council's dilemma one. Uh, if you vote for something, that thing happens. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's say there's four players in the game. Two people vote for one thing, and then two people vote for the other thing. The first thing will happen twice, and the second thing will happen twice as well. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in what a other games, mechanic. It is pretty stupid. Especially, I think you see, you see how stupid it gets when people play these cards in Legacy when there's only two players. And, oh, yeah. uh, and if, for like somebody's, when there's a tie, that one wins, that one's always going to win. But anyway, sorry. So, first, first question goes to Wolf. Uh, the rest of these questions will be less uh, confusing. So, because these cards aren't played very often and because we're hardcore uh, spikes who don't play City Bulldog Dare formats, uh, I'm not going to expect you to know all the cards, but what I will do, I'm going to read it the card name, Manacos, the card type. Uh, I'm going to read out, I'm going to read out the card. I'm going to name the two things we're going to vote for. Uh, you just have to tell me what are the two things, what, what do the two things do? Okay. Right. Okay, so uh, starting with uh, uh yes, yeah, so starting with Wolf. Um, this is Bite of the Black Rose, Tarina Black for Sorcery, Will it Cancel. Starting with you, each player votes for sickness or psychosis. So, um, you tell me with what what happens with sickness, what happens with psychosis. Um, if sickness wins, then uh, everybody loses three life, and then if psychosis wins, everybody discards a card, two cards. I don't know. I was going to say a uh, card as well. That was what I thought too. Okay, so it, it is it is two cards, um, but it's sickness. Uh, it's not lose life. Uh, it's not. Is, no. Oh, I know what it is. Um, it's sacrifice creature. I don't know. Sacrifice creature. No. Damn it. It's also a great. It's um, sickness gets more votes. Uh, creatures of opponent control get minus two, minus two. Bollocks. Virulent plague. That's a that's a that's a sickness. All right, on to I got capital I, punishment. I got oh. half point there, like. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll round we'll round down and make that zero. Um, capital punishment. Uh, this is for Kieran. Council's dilemma. Starting with you, each player votes for death or taxes. This is a six mana sorcery, four black black for sorcery. Each player votes for death or taxes. Um, opponents have to sacrifice a creature, or you get a gold token for each opponent, or something. And the first one is right. Uh, is that right? Taxes is correct. David, can you tell us what taxes is? Um. Taxes. Um, I I don't know. I have no idea. No, it's, uh, each player for each each sorry, um, discards a card for each taxes vote. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm there's so much. Through. There's so much design space with this mechanic that both of those were exactly almost exactly the same card. <laughs> those two cards. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> these these are two battles to start off with. <laughs> I'll, I'll hopefully get something more more interesting. Um, so I'm gonna reintroduce half points because I think there's going to be a lot of half points in this uh, this. In this quiz, but no half measures. No half measures. Uh, Wolf, uh, coercive portal. Kieran might notice because you mentioned it. Coercive portal. Uh, it's format artifacts with a pencil. The beginning of your upkeep, starting with you. Each player votes for carnage or homage. I think those are supposed to rhyme. No, carnage homage, or yeah. homage. Homage. Carnage or homage. You can pronounce it homage. Yep. Homage. The American carnage or homage. Carnage or homage. So, um, what do they do? What's what's the name of the of the card again? Yeah, coercive portal. Coercive portal. It's, it's in cube four mana artifact. Yeah. Um, carnage or homage? Uh, I I've I literally no idea. Uh, here on do you know? Or 
You, yeah. Uh, homage is you get to draw an extra card, and Carnage is uh, destroy all non-land permanents. That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. So yeah. So, so basically, yeah, in a two-player game, it's really stupid because if it's tied, then Homage wins. Yeah. So basically, since you control it, you just always pick Homage, and your opponent can never make the other option happen. So you, it's just a howling mine for you. Oh for yeah. Four mana. Yeah. That's that's pretty dumb. Yeah, God. and in the case that you want Carnage, your opponent will probably just vote Homage. So there's almost no way the Carnage option should ever happen in a game in Cube. Yeah, these are such terrible cards. Yeah, so it's... And you have, yeah, like, Willow Council is basically just going to be uh, Exile of Permanent, but they have no targeted uh, for, for um, uh, Legacy. Yeah. Well, well, those are those are silly cards. But here's here's a card that's not silly. Uh, this one is for Kiron. Uh, Extro... It's <laughs> the tough one. Expropriate. Expropriate. Okay. Uh, seven blue, blue, four sorcery. It's mythic. This is a big one. Council's dilemma. Starting with you, each player votes for time or money. So what does time do? What does money do? What is, it's a sorcery and it costs nine mana? Yeah. Okay. Time, I'm going to say take two extra turns. And money, I'm going to say draw five cards. Okay, so the first one was close, but wrong. Shit. The second one was wrong. Uh, David Wolf. Um... For each vote for money, take an extra turn after this one. And Wait, sorry, what? Surf, time, time. For each vote for... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we almost done it. <laughs> but time is money. So, uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, vote. take an extra turn for each vote for time. Um, and then money is gain control of target non-lamp permanent that uh, that player controls. Uh, yes, yes. We choose nice. a permanent, so uh, didn't take their lotus field. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, there we go. But now we're now we're cooking with potatoes. Um, are you are you keeping track of this over here, Al? I I, th- I think I am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they will be for power. Three to blue. Will it cancel? Starting with you. Each player votes for time or knowledge. So much overlap with these uh, names. Hmm. Um. Is this a rare? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I don't think like time can't mean the same thing here because rares don't usually give you extra turns. It's usually mythics. Um, so I don't really know what time means in this context, but knowledge is obviously draw a card. Is this will of the council or will of the council? Yeah. So um, whichever vote wins, this will be bad. So knowledge is each player draws a card or two cards, maybe. Um, and then time. I really, yeah, I have no idea about about that one. Okay, you want to guess? Time is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll just guess. Take another turn, but I can't. Yes, yes, yeah. it, it is guess another turn. It I, I should have realized. Oh, okay. I should have realized these two are very similar, but I put them together and um, should look at ahead of time. Ahead of time. All right, we got a. So this one will be for here on, so we'll do three more. So hold on, hold on. Uh, Wait, what was knowledge draw a card or two cards? Sorry, draw. It was. Uh, it was the tab on on Chrome. We press Control Shift T to reopen it. Draw three cards. Three cards. Draw three cards. You draw three cards yeah. or each player. Yeah. No, you draw three cards. It's only one. It's only one thing that happens. Oh, okay. So um, depending on how the players vote, are you taking a turn or drop your cards? Oh, okay. Um, all right. So, so we'll, we'll just do two more. Uh, this is for here on. Uh, we have a Magister of Worth, the four black white for an angel creature, angel four four flyer. Will of the Council. Uh, when Magister of Worth enters battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for grace or condemnation. Um, and wait, it's Council Starlama or Will of the Council? Yeah, Will, Will of the Council. Yeah. So okay. each of these things will happen. Yeah. Uh, I say. Grace is you get to reanimate a creature from your graveyard, and condemnation is 
each opponent sacrifices a creature? Uh, very close, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So it's a, the Condemnation is destroy all creatures other than this, uh, this angel. But uh, otherwise, you're right, yes. Uh, if Grace gets more votes, each player returns each creature card from a graveyard to the battlefield. Each creature card. Each creature card. Wow. Okay. Well, I wasn't exactly right then, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more for David Wolf. I put this one on this one. actually to guess the card name. Um, two and a white or a three, two. Uh, you may exert card name as it attacks. When you do, return character each card. You prefer mana cost two or less from your graveyard to battlefield. What? You may exert blank as it attacks. When you do, return character creature card from your preferred mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It's a three mana, three, two. But this is this is not Will of the Council or Council's Dilemma. Well, I know that. Um, I don't know. I don't remember this card. Oh, Karen, do you notice? No idea. No, this is a devoted crop bait. Uh, it popped up in the search when I also typed in devoted. Or sorry, I typed in voted and then this came up. <laughs> pretty good card. Yeah, that was always, that was always pretty good. Uh, that was an Amonkhet. Um, so we've got some fractions. Kieran has zero, half one, half one. That is a uh, three points. And Wolf has uh, one, zero, half, zero, half, uh, two points. The line wins. Oh. The line has a very Wolf. If only the Wolf had uh, played more Amonkhet. I definitely got more there. <laughs> I don't know. Did you count yeah, I, I, for Kieran? That should have been a half point of, at best for Kieran. Well, uh, fine, it was, but he still wins. Yeah, 2.5 to 2. Oh, Razor's Edge victory. I love it. <laughs> fine. All right. That's it then. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.